Well, praise God. Glad y'all are here this morning. I know this is this has been kind of a strange week because you've got the 4th of July kind of in the middle of it. So I said I was going to celebrate the 4th on two Sundays. And so get your Bibles out this morning. And uh, you're going to you're going to we got a I got a message from the Lord this morning. Really unusual for me uh, because uh, I used to don't preach topics in, in messages. But uh, this is the 4th of July, and I kind of came up with a, it just, I don't know, it just happened. It was just kind of amazing. But anyway, um, so if you would, get your Bible out and go to Joshua 24, Old Testament, the book of Joshua 24. So like Tracy said a while ago, we are having communion, so I'm preaching towards the communion service, and so the whole time while this is going on, and I'm, and I'm ministering, you need to be asking the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of you, to be speaking to you, talking to you about, you know, everything going on, because great time right here at communion to get freedom, amen, and just get right with God and everything going on. And so uh, anyway, the story starts out here, Joshua, he's... His life's ending. He's at the end of his life. And they've gone through and he's got everything pretty much sorted up in the promised land. Everybody, all the tribes have got their, their land dispersed to him. And he's ended up and he's kind of, I don't know, I get the feeling that he's kind of like put out with everybody. And he's just kind of laying down a mandate. You know, it's the, it's the chapter where he says, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and so, but he, he just kind of is like saying, this is it. I'm, go- I'm going to heaven. This is what he's basically saying. I'm out of here. You boys are left here, but I'm telling you, you better serve God all the days of your life. And if you don't, it's not going to go good. So he, he comes to this place and he says in verse 24, no, 26, Joshua 24, 26, says, and Joshua wrote the words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and he set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard the words of the Lord, which he spoke to us. What? He said the rock heard what God said, and so it's going to be a witness against you. Let me read that again. For he has heard the words of the Lord which he spoke to us, and it shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. So I got to read that. I got to thinking about that. It's, you know, he did not write on the rock. I looked all over this. He didn't write anything on the rock. He didn't say this here is the testimony of God against you. He didn't, there was nothing. He just got this big rock, and he rolled it up underneath the oak tree, or stood it up, I don't know. And he just pronounced it. This rock right here is going to be a witness. This rock heard God's word to you, and it's going to testify and be a witness against you. So then what happened was is every time one of the Israelites walked by and they saw the rock, they remembered what he said. You with me? So in other words, the rock was speaking to them. They were hearing Joshua's word. That rock was a rock of remembrance, a rock of witness against them. So I got to thinking about this and I went to doing some research. And so this is kind of humorous and I really missed it because if I would have done what I wanted to do, y'all would have never, ever forgot this message in your entire life. And so, uh, but I didn't pull it off. 
Because of the word, the English, the word that we get actually from the Latin describing this event of, an, of a rock speaking to you, it's the word called prosopopoeia. So it was easy for me to remember because I just said, I mean, I, I mean, seriously, that's the way it's pronounced, prosopopoeia. And I'm like, pro, I'm for, <laughs> sopopoeias. I can remember this word forever, prosopopoeia. It's the, dic- the dictionary defines it as a figure of speech in which an imaginary or absent person is represented as speaking or acting. So the, the, the concept of the rock speaking is prosopopoeia. So I felt, thought if I'd have got a, you know, about 24 dozen sopopoeias and we'd have been passing them out right now, Y'all have been eating them. Y'all have said, you'll never forget this. You don't know. Sopapia. Remember when he preached that Sopapia message? Okay, you'd have that one down. So as I began to look at this, it got me to thinking about this event and about how, how Israel would have walked by and looked at this rock and it was speaking to them. Okay? So then that made me think. I started looking up and doing some other stuff. And it made me think that in 1620, almost 400 years ago, the pilgrims came from England. Now, I got to tell you all something. I thought I was a pretty good history buff, but I I started looking up this about the pilgrims and stuff. I started laughing. I said, man, I, I must have really been asleep in class this day, or they didn't tell me this. Because I didn't realize that they left from Plymouth, England. So when I guess when they got out, they said, we're going to call this Plymouth. I mean, couldn't they come up with another name? I mean, they came from Plymouth, England. Why didn't they just come up with another name? You know, we'll call this something else. So Plymouth, Massachusetts, but by Cape Cod, where they landed, they landed and we know the rest of the story, right? America was, was started, Right? And they all came because of religious persecution. They came to, re- to, to find a place where they could freely worship God. Don't ever forget that, church. No matter what any crazy thing you see on television or crazy show that comes up that tries to put all kinds of doubts and unbelief, because I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, in your head, don't ever forget that this country was founded by people who were trying to find a place to worship God. Okay? Now, do you have that picture there, flip that picture for me. So I've always heard of Plymouth Rock. And so I began to think about Plymouth Rock. And in my mind, Plymouth Rock was this like great big giant huge rock. Like it was like the, a beach, huge structure of rock that they landed on. I didn't know Plymouth Rock was like I could have got it in the back of my truck. All right. But this is what got me. This is what got me. Listen to this. A hundred And 21 years after the landing at Plymouth by the pilgrims, an elder of the town named Thomas, and I believe you would have pronounced his name, Fonts, 121 years later, the town there of Plymouth was building a wharf. And they're doing the construction for this new wharf, and he's 94 years old. And he comes out with tears in his eyes. And he tells the townspeople, you got to stop construction. You can't go on with any more construction. you got to stop construction of rock. 
of the wharf because that rock, that rock right down there, my father told me, who didn't come over on the Mayflower, but came over on the second ship, that when the pilgrims stepped off, their first foot touched that rock, and they all disembarked standing on that Plymouth rock. That's how they got off the ship. And he says, it's going to be destroyed, and we've got to save it. So they went down there because this 94-year-old man, they gathered up that rock, brought this rock up, and so it was... He, he was old and he was, knew that his days were short. And so they, they, he went over there and they brought a chair and they put a chair down. And he got over there and he had the chair right over the rock. And he began to weep. And his tears fell from his eyes onto that rock. Praising God for what had taken place that America had been founded because he had lived 121 years there, not him, he was only 94, but had taken place since the Plymouth Landing. He wept over the rock, he cried over the rock, he prayed over the rock that this is the place where it all started. So then everybody felt so bad because they just had a rock in the water. Nobody was paying any attention to it. They gathered up the Plymouth Rock, took it into the town, made a monument, and it's still there. That rock cries out. That rock is the closest thing that I can show you this morning that we have that it's touchable to us as the witness stone that Joshua put up. That rock right there is crying out that people came to this country, came to this land to escape religious persecution so they could freely worship God, and they stepped off, and that rock still cries out to this day. It still cries out to this day that this is a land of freedom. But you know what? People want to go, and people want to come up, and people want to say, Oh, it didn't happen like that. Oh, they were mean to the Indians. Oh, they did this. Oh, did they did that. They, they messed with this. They messed with that. But let me tell you something. Right there, founded upon that rock. It ain't, man, that ain't impressive. I hate to tell y'all. I did not know the Plymouth Rock could be put in the back of my truck. I could have put, I could get, it's not that big. You get five, six of them in there. Y'all with me? Because I've always thought the Plymouth Rock, they landed, and I could just see like a shore where the waves were crashing up on it, and it was just, ah, it's a rock. I mean, that thing don't look like it's, what, three by four? But it cries out. It cries out that this has started, this country is founded on a land of freedom, a place of opportunity, a place where people could come and worship their God freely, a place where there could be open, open and, and free worship of God. But see, people want to say, oh, well, that rock, that's not really what it was. They want, to, they want to take away the testimony of the rock. What happened with Israel? The same thing. Over years went by and everybody said, oh, what's that rock? Ah, Joshua put that thing up there. Nobody began to let it keep talking and keep testifying and keep saying what it was until finally Israel would go off and worship Baals and worship, and worship other gods and worship other things and not sit there and, and, and know that the rock was a witness rock speaking against them. And what's happening in America today is everybody's trying to change the witness of the rock. They're trying to say the rock doesn't testify that anymore. The rock doesn't do this. And I read an article, made me so mad. I mean, I, I, I just almost stomped my hat. I submit. Because it was talking about people that have immigrated into this country and don't want to celebrate the 4th of July. Now, I got, hey, we live in a land of freedom. If you don't want to celebrate the 4th, fine. But 
but at least understand what the rock is saying. At least understand what's taking place in this country, in this country's history, for what we're standing and representing. At least hear the words of what's coming out. Hello? They said, I saw another article that said that, that of all the countries, they've done a big survey, all the countries that were the best place to live in in the world is Switzerland. I said, huh, Switzerland. So I went to the Switzerland census and looked up to see how many immigrants they have in Switzerland. And the only people that immigrate to Switzerland are Germans, uh, Spain, uh, Portugal, a few countries like that are the only ones that have ever even immigrated into Switzerland because they have very strict Swiss law. Oh, this is the greatest place in the world to live because we control everything. <laughs> it's only going to go the way we want it to. And it's going to stay. It's this place, little place like we want it to. Well, folks, listen to me. You've got to hear the witness rock. You've got to hear what was crying out in the world today. And the world today is, is that we have got to stand upon the rock. Let me show you a few more scriptures here. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. I also saw an article that said that in the, in the 2020 elections, uh, if President Trump is to be reelected, it's all going to fall on and depend upon Texas. And I said, well, great. Let's bring it home. Let's just do, let's just let it all fall on our shoulders, you know. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, I, I, it, look at the first of that. Laying aside, laying aside all malice, deceit, and hypocrisy. Hey, folks, do we see a lot of that taking place today in America? Do we see a whole lot of stuff taking place that is just hypocrisy? But he said, if you're going to walk and stand on the rock, the first thing you got to do is you got to lay things aside. You got to lay aside malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Coming to him as living stones. Living stones are being built. No, living stones rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also are as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it also contained in the scriptures, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Listen, he says, if you're believing in the cornerstone, stone, we have to say about stone. Because everywhere I was looking the other day in the Bible, every, play, every scripture I was reading had something to do with the stone. The cornerstone. We say it all the time, but we don't think much about it. Sometimes you go up to older buildings and there's a corner, a specific stone that was a cornerstone laid in the building, okay? We don't think much about it, but listen to me. Hear what it's saying. Is the cornerstone Jesus the foundation stone of your life? Is the cornerstone in your life Jesus? He says, if it is, you who believe in him will never be put to shame. In other words, if you're believing in Jesus, you cannot fail. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? If you're standing on the scriptures, believing in Jesus, you cannot fail. Look at the person beside you and say, that's good news. He goes on and says, therefore, you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Folks, this is what's taking place in the world today. You see, they'd have been rolling around Jesus all this time, and they just don't want to use that cornerstone in their life. You say, why do these people do this? Why is this happening? Why do they do this? Why do they do that? Well, they don't want to deal with that cornerstone. They don't want that cornerstone to be fit into their life. The goodness of God. They can't take it. They don't want God to be good. They don't want there to be a God. You know, I've laughed because, you know, I'm not, I'm by no means an economist. And I don't want to venture too far out and stray too far out from just preaching the word of God because I, I, I know I can't go wrong with it. And I don't want to be into politics, but it really, really it makes me laugh when I see people who are coming against our president. And then you see the reasons why they're coming against the president. And then you start to kind of like follow the little trail. Oh, they're mad because he stopped that and they don't get to do it anymore. The, oh, oh, wait a minute. Follow this rabbit trail. Oh, yeah, he did that. And so that person lost out over here. So they're mad because they don't have their little world going like it was. He rocked and shook everything up. Now, there's no, I, I'll tell you, the man needs to quit tweeting. But <laughs> I, 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 I'm just telling you, he has shook some stuff up that makes a difference. But when it was the other way, when the past presidency was in place, and, you know, did anybody happen to notice that when Obamacare was getting passed, that men would get on Air Force One, senators that didn't want to vote would get on Air Force One, and when they got off, their vote was changed? And then, let me ask you today, do you know where those people are? Do you hear anything about them? you hear anything from them? The senator that wanted to stand that he would not sign unless, there was, unless abortion was, uh, was off the table in the deal. Where is that guy now? What happened to him? Where is he? He's no more. Nobody knows where he is. He's gone. Oh, he's out there somewhere, but I'm just saying he's not in public eye anymore. He's not. Went on the plane, got off the plane, no more. Next one got on the plane, got off the plane, no more. Does anybody say anything? Does anybody think brought up? Was there, there is anything said? Was there anything ever said? No. Because it goes back to hypocrisy, folks. You can never do anything except stand upon the rock of Jesus Christ, and that is it. And America needs to rise up and get back on the rock of Jesus. And when they get back on the rock of Jesus, then it's going to be like that Plymouth rock. They're going to have something to stand on. It's going to be a whole lot bigger than that one. But he needs us to be his living stones. He needs us to be the ones that will still cry out and declare Jesus is Lord. He is the rock to stand on. Without us being living stones, we're no longer, we're, we're, that prosopopoeia is not taking place. Hallelujah. Are you with me? If we don't say anything, it isn't going to get said. Listen to me. Don't argue with people about the amount of water we use in baptism or the, 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 the simple doctrines of the church, the, 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 the way the service. Are. Get, get off that. It's Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. Hello? That's what we got to stand on. 
Let all the rest of the hoopla, it don't make any difference. You want to wear a robe, wear a robe. I actually kind of thought about wearing a robe. Because I figured I could go just put my shorts on underneath it and button it all up and I'd be even cooler during the week, you know? Be easier to hide things, too. <laughs> Carry a rifle under that baby, you know? <laughs> Get a big one. There's the old pastor got the extra large robe on this week. Yeah, well, something must be going on. It don't make any difference. It's Jesus. Amen. Now, let me give you another couple of scriptures here. Uh, Luke 1940. When Jesus is coming in Jerusalem, he's walking down the road and everybody's it's Palm Sunday. They're laying down all the stuff in the, the, the palm branches and everybody's worshiping and everybody's going this. And somebody's be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. See, that's the devil's tactic. Be quiet, be quiet. Don't say anything. Be quiet, be quiet. Don't say anything. And Jesus said, if they don't praise me, he, this is, he literally said, but he answered and said to them, I tell you that these things should, if, if, that if these should keep silent, the stones, the stones would immediately cry out. We have got to be living stones. We have got to be stones that are crying out for Jesus this day. You don't need to be arguing doctrine. You don't need to be going through all that and trying to, you know, in the, you know, is there three heavens, four heavens? One's a rapture, post-trib, mid-trib, after-trib, this-trib, that-trib. Forget it. Just get to heaven. Right? Okay. Deuteronomy 32.3. I want to give you about five or six things here about the rock. Deuteronomy 32.3. He says, for I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are just a God of truth and without injustice. Righteousness and uprightness is in him. The rock that we stand on is the rock of truth. Listen to me there. It's not if it isn't in the Bible, it isn't truth. Hear me. If it isn't in the Bible, it isn't truth. Don't get it up there on your rock. Don't try to drag it up on the rock with you. Let the rock stand as the rock. It says that he is the rock and his work is perfect. You may not understand God. You may, people are always complaining because God didn't do things the way they, they thought he should have done it. That's the reason why there's so many of them say, well, they can't be a God because if there was a God, he would have done this or he would have. How do you know what God's doing? How do you know God, what God was in? Are you all knowing and all seeing? No. You're just trying to figure things out in your own head. You're looking at it in totally a human way. We have to stand on the rock and know that the rock is truth. So since I've already just like already out there and, and going to get letters and all kinds of stuff, I just carry it a little farther. You know, I read today where the, 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 the Church of England, the Church of England has decided that... <clears throat> that... Uh, <laughs> My wife's shaking her head. So you're gonna get in trouble on this one. My wife, the, the, the Church of England decided they don't want to argue with anybody anymore, and so they're not gonna they're not gonna stand against same sex marriage as long as one of the members is transgender. So after I read it, I had to read it three or four or five times to figure out what they're talking about. Because I guess you, they still then looked at it as a man and a woman. But my point is, the church is compromising. 
The church all over the world has been compromising. They've been compromising the truth. They don't want to stand on the truth anymore because they've been compromising the truth. They're getting themselves over in the slippery, slippery slope off the edge of the rock, and you better watch it because you're going to fall off of it. And if you don't stand on the rock as this is truth, I'm standing on it. And everybody can argue and throw and say, well, look, I may not know all the answers, but I'm just telling you, this is where I'm standing. I'm standing here. This is the rock I'm standing on. I ain't going to move. Can't get me off of it. This is truth. This is the way it is. I'm not moving. Yeah, but what about this? I don't know. Take it up with God. I'm standing on the truth. This is what I believe. My Bible's truth. And if you get off on those side slopes, folks, you're going to get in trouble. Don't try to make excuses for God. Let God's word stand on its own. Let Jesus be the son of God who died for us on the cross and let him stand on his own. He can take care of himself. All right. The second one is here. Isaiah 51 1. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness. That'd be you guys, right? You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn. And the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Listen to me. Each and every one of us are created in the image of God. So in a sense, you were created in the image of a rock. The rock. Because he is the rock of truth. So you got some of that on the inside of you. So you need to look to the rock on the inside of you saying, Jesus lives on the inside of me and I can stand upon this rock. You're not alone. You're not standing there all alone. You're anchored down. You know, you could stand on a rock if you were in a, a pair of shoes that were, that, were, that were anchored to the rock and you were just standing there. You could just stand there pretty easy because the wind blows. Don't make any difference. You're still stuck on the rock. It's not, listen, the rock of truth of Jesus Christ, the rock of truth from the word of God, it's not, it's not like you're trying to stand on a round boulder and it's really mossy. Hello? You ever been in the river? Trying to walk on the flat rock when it's all mossy and how, you know, just that is not the rock of Jesus Christ. That is not the rock of truth. The rock of truth, man, it's flat. It's leveling. You can stand on it. Okay. You got to look to the rock from which you were hewn. Here's another one. Psalm 62, five and six. Psalm 62, five and six. One of my favorite scriptures. It says, my soul waits silently. For God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Do you know that when you're standing on the rock and you're looking at God as your rock and you're calling out upon him as your rock, saying, I'm standing here and this is where I'm at. And, and Lord, I think I know you're my salvation. You're my deliverer. You're the one who can do it. You know that, you know, God starts moving. It's when we sit on the rock and whine. That we don't see much movement. It's when we just crawl up there like an old, you know, old sun lizard and just kind of crawl up there and lay on the rock and whine that you don't see God moving. But when you stand up on the rock and say, my God is so big and so strong. My God is so mighty. There's nothing that my God cannot do. My God's the God of all flesh and there's nothing too hard for him. When you start walking around your house, knowing that you're standing on the rock and your foundation's good. Listen to me. God starts moving. It's when we just stand there. Don't say anything. Keep our mouths quiet. It amazes me that in, in they doing polling, that the president's polling higher right now at 
than most presidents ever at this, this time and have in the past. Does it kind of makes me sound like when they're talking to the common man, maybe the common man's got more sense than all the people in Washington. <laughs> well, it sounds like to me, you know, and, and me under my un- understanding polling data. If you poll everybody and they like what the president's doing, but then only the people in Washington are mad because of what he's doing, then something's fishy. Something's just fishy. I don't know why somebody can't go, something stinks up here. Something. De- Have you ever noticed that? Come on. Your nose is the first thing that finds a dead mouse. Right? You don't usually see it and say, oh, there's a dead mouse. You walk in a place and you go, Oh, man, there's something dead around here. And then you start looking. Oh, man, there's a dead mouse somewhere, right? Well, I can't understand why they can't do that in Washington. <laughs> the next one, Psalms 18.1. Psalms 18.1. Since I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. What, what, what a great three verses, right? Oh, David just said, I love the Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. Listen to me. When you declare this, when you start declaring, I like living on the rock. I like living with the rock. I like the way the rock feels. I like the way the rock sounds. I like the way the rock heats me up. I like the way the rock is moving. When you start getting that away, church, when he becomes your rock, he's your everything. Listen to me. I know I do things wrong. I'm not, you know, I, I need to work on my etiquette and I need to work on some things in life. And I don't always do things right. But listen to me, man. I love Jesus. I love the whole concept of church. I love God's coming back. I love that he's righteous. I love that he's just. I love, I don't want to do wicked. I don't want to do evil. I don't want to hurt people. I want to bless people. I want to walk around. I want to be generous. I want to be nice. I want to have a good word for everybody. Because I love the gospel. I love everything about the kingdom. Now, there's a few times in life when God says, Robert, I want you to love your enemy. And I said, I don't really want to, Lord. And he said, yeah, but you know what's right. And I said, yeah, I like being on the rock. And that's what the rock says. That's what I want to do. So I'm going to do it. And there's some things that are changing. And I'm kind of getting to where I like it now. You know? My enemies get a lot of prayer. I love the rock. You've got to get that away, church. Listen, don't be one foot in, one foot out. Get on the rock, stay on the rock. Next one, Psalms 144.1. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Listen, when you're standing on the rock, you got to let the rock train you. you got to let the rock teach you in your life how you defeat the enemy in your life. You need to be trained by the rock. When you're standing on the rock, you just, you know, your mind just may say, oh, yes, I'm standing on the rock. I've got a firm foundation. But wait a minute. The rock will train you. The Holy Spirit will come in your life and begin to train you and tell you what to do. 
stop you from saying things that are wrong, that are, that, are, that are messing up. Get you to be bold when you need to be bold. Give you words of inspiration and wisdom to say to people at, at different times. Give you things that are going on. He'll train your hands for war and your fingers for battle. But you got to listen to him. So many things in my life, so many things the Holy Spirit has told me, Robert, you need to stop doing that. When I stopped doing it, I instantly saw changes and results in my life. So many times he's spoke things to me, odd things to me, things that, you know, you need to stop thinking like that. Give me a scripture. Say, look, wait, 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 what are you doing? Jump, just illuminate things to me. And I'd say, well, gosh, I didn't realize doing that, Lord, because I'm getting trained by the rock. Getting trained by the, the rock, what the rock is crying out and its witness. Here's another one, Matthew 7, 24. We read this all the time, but think about what it's saying this morning. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house on, built his house on the rock. See, this morning, church, what I'm trying to get created in your mind and in your, your concept, what, I, what I'm just inspired about, is when I look at that Plymouth rock, and it's just a rock, unimpressive. But the, what it's declaring is monumental. So let's just, let's just say this. Let me just give me this one, okay? So they stepped off the Mayflower, and their foot touched the rock. And then this old man gets this rock, and they hold the rock up and say, this is what the rock's declaring. Let's just say, let's just give me this. That it all went down. They stepped on the rock. The rock cried out. And everything that's taken place in America today came from the, the witness of the rock. You say, well, well that's not really right. Because you've got to understand, Robert, it came from, you know, men came and they did this. and Okay. You're missing the point this morning. I'm saying the rock's been crying out. So the Plymouth Rock, I, like, I may have to go as much as I hate to go that far north. I just might have to go because I want to see this rock. I want to look at this rock and say, "What? listen, I want to hear, tell me the story of this great country you live in that has evangelized most of the world, that has, that has saved nations, that has done all kinds of things all over the world of blessings, sent out missionaries all over the world. And that rock's been speaking about it because it got off and they put their foot on it. Did they know it? I don't know. They may have just said, hey, hey, Charlie, pull over there by that. We can get off on that rock there. It's going to look like we can step on it. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. But when you hold it up and that's what you believe in it, it starts having an effect in your life. What I'm saying is you're not going to go find a rock specifically that says Jesus, you know. But it's a rock that's in you. It's what your belief is. It's what your foundation is. It's what you're standing on. This word, this Bible, that the, that the scriptures are true. It's this what's on the inside of you. You don't have to have a specific stone. You let the rock of the word come out of you to every situation. I'm saying, no, I'm standing on the rock. The rock's training me. Uh, the rock is my fortress and my salvation. I'm not going to be moved. That's what's on the inside of you. That's your belief. 
And he says, when you take that belief and you're building on it, and that becomes your foundation life, it says, the winds, the rains descended, the floods came, and the wind blew. And it did on both houses. The one that was built on the sand and the one that was built on the rock. Only difference was one had a better foundation. Your life is going to stand because you have the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. It's not going to stop the storm. I want it to. Like I said, I want to live in Candyland. But the foundation you're standing on, you can't be moved. The foundation is in you through your faith and your own belief of what's crying out to you. If you're wishy-washy in your faith, well, you know, I don't know. I, listen, I'll just use anything. I'll just, like I said, I've irritated everybody so much this morning, I'll just keep going. You can just sit there and say, well, I don't know. I, you know, tithing is only Old Testament. It's not New Testament. We don't really need to tithe. We don't need anything. Okay. All right. But if you take the same principle and say, whoo, like I did in life, looked at it and said, wow, I didn't know this. I didn't know what that was. I used to sit in the Baptist church and thought it said tither. It said every Baptist a tither, but I didn't know how to read that well. And I said, I asked mother, what is a tither? Every Baptist is a tither? No, it's a tither. I'd never seen the word. Every Baptist a tither. <laughs> and so I got hold of it one day when I read my Bible and I saw, I said, whoa, look at this like this. Look at this. I told my wife, we're talking about, whoa, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't even going to a church. Started tithing. Spirit, impressed by the spirit of God, it became a foundational rock within my life of tithing. And I'll tell you what, I'm a blessed man. I came from broke, broke. I came from a million dollars in debt. Don't tell me. I've dug all the change out from under the seats. We've lived on hamburger stretched out as far as it could go. Nowadays, you got to eat chicken, man. You can't even afford beef, you know? <laughs> Those days are gone. Forget about the hamburger deal. Hamburger used to be cheap. Those of you that don't know, you used to get a hamburger very cheaply. Lordy, mercy. I remember sitting, having $7 in my pocket. It was all the money I had in the world, not just all the money I had in my pocket, all the money I had in the world, and got impressed at an offering, to give it in an offering, $7. And you can't believe what that was like. If I would have had a million dollars, it would have been, been, been harder to give and give that $7 to give everything that I owned. But it's okay, because I was standing on the rock, and the rock was training me. Now I stand on the rock today, and whenever the storm blows, I say, hey! I'm a tither. Bless God, you can't touch me. It says in Malachi 3 that the destroyer is destroyed because I'm a tither. So shut up and get out of my way. Financial pressures come. I say, what? What are you talking about? I call it in right now from the north, south, the east, and the west because the Bible says everything I put my hand to is going to prosper because I'm in covenant with my God. You see, it becomes the rock and the foundation of my life. Sickness tries to come on my body. I say, wait a minute, body. You better line up. You better shut up. I ain't listening to you. You're not in charge. My spirit man's in charge. And I say my body's got to function in total perfection. The God you created to function. Now, Lord, if I'm doing this thing, give me some wisdom. Show me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to cut out. What do I got to do? Give me some direction here. See, folks, it becomes the foundation of your life. You can't go to a rock. You can't listen. Go to Jerusalem. Go over there to what they what they'd say Calvary. Go into Jesus's tomb. Go into all that. Walk on those rocks. It's not the. It's not that rock. It's what's on the inside of you that you have created as a rock. It's your Plymouth Rock inside of you. What's your faith and what's your belief? 
Are you building your life on the rock? Now, there's another story here, and I want to close. I want to have communion here in just a second. Exodus 33, 19 is a story. You can write it down and go look at it later, where Moses wanted to see God's presence. He wanted to see God, and God said, you can't see me. If you see me, you're going to get killed. And so he said, I want to take you, and I want to put you. And it says he's going to take you, and I want to hide you. Let me read it here. And I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And he said, you cannot see my face. No man can see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. And it shall be that when my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand, and while I pass by, the cleft of the rock, that place in Jesus Christ that you are so firm that you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that place in the cleft of the rock that you can stand on and say, look, it doesn't make any difference. I'm going to heaven. You can't threaten me with death, devil. I'm going to heaven. Kill me, and I just step into eternal life, you idiot. Threaten me? You think you're going to threaten me? It's in that place in the cleft of the rock that you know what the word says and what the promises of God are. It's the cleft of the rock that gives you the security and holding on because you are standing on the rock. It's got to be the rock that you have got on the inside of you. If you can be talked out of it, it's not a rock in your life. Last scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. I could keep going on and on and on because there's just so many great scriptures about standing on the rock, standing on the rock, the rock, the rock, the rock, the rock. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now think about this. Uh, This is one of the DVDs I want to see when I get to heaven. It says the rock followed them. We got talking rocks. We got following rocks. I mean, I I, I don't know. My brain, you know, it's kind of hard on this. Can you imagine you're a kid? You're out there with the other six million Israelites walking through the land, and then all of a sudden you hear something rustling, and you look, and here goes a rock. It's the rock that follows us. Daddy, what's that? That, Oh, that's the rock that follows us. I don't know. Like a big old armadillo running around, you know? Or was it just that every time they got to where they were, somebody says, isn't that the same rock that we saw last time? Moses went up and whacked it, and the water came out. I don't know. My point is, the rock, listen to me, followed them. And they drank from the spiritual rock. Jesus is always, he's right here this morning. He's right at this altar today. As you come up to take communion this morning, as you get that piece of bread, it is not just a piece of bread. It is not just a cup of juice. It is the rock following you, saying, what do you need this morning? Saying, what, what, what can I do for you this morning? How do you need that foundation in life? Oh, you've got some doubt and unbelief that need to come out of your life. Oh, I'll, I'll remove it from you right now. It's the rock that's following you. It's coming into you saying, look, drink from this spiritual drink because I'm going to set you free. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to move. I'm going to heal. I'm going to bless. I'm going to whatever is needed. The spiritual rock. So when you come up here this morning and you're handed that 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 cup and bread. Listen to me. 
You just think about what it is. It's the spiritual rock that's following you. Because I'm telling you, church, I'm believing God for a time right now. And I asked the Lord the other day, am I, am I stretching too far? See, I'd always rather get to heaven and God say, Robert, you know, you're, you're nuts. I was never going to do any of that kind of stuff. And you just, you just encourage the people and believe in believing. I was never going to do that. Then to get to heaven and say, Robert, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you encourage me? I, man, I want to go to heaven and, and, and get chastised the other way, okay? But I'm just believing for, for God to move in such a way in our church right here in the water hole. For everybody out there listening on the listening list, I'm believing for God to move and touch your life without anybody ever praying for you. I'm believing for a miracle time of God moving that somebody just turns on the waterhole broadcast and as they're listening to the words coming out of my mouth, that they're not my words, but they're his words. And people get touched and healed and set free and, and cancer falls off of people and, and tumors fall off people and people are flying all over the road, pulling out, saying, man, this tumor come run out my britches leg right here. It just fell out right there on the deal. It's, I mean, you see, you're crazy, Robert. I am. But see, I already know it's taken place before. In the 1900s, when there was a great revival moved across America, they literally had ushers carry dustpans around and brooms to sweep up the things that fell off of people at the front of the altar. So we'll have to have volunteers for that job when it comes. And I get grossed out pretty easy, so I don't know what's going to happen. But my point is, I'm believing God for a time that you just come up here to the altar to take communion and you're miraculously healed. I don't want to have to be the person that has to lay hands on you. I want to see God moving in such a a powerful way that you're just at home and, and the power of God just descends in your households. You just start singing. Uh, you just start singing one of the songs that we sing. You just start singing anything. Rock of ages, clear for me. Boom! Spirit of God just opens up in your house. This is what I'm believing for. I don't know what y'all are believing for. This is what I'm believing for. I'm believing God for a time of so supernatural. I'm standing on the rock saying, Rock, I want to see this happen. In people's lives. I want to just hear testimony after testimony of people coming to church saying, man, I was at the house this week and I just started worshiping God and the spirit of God just moved on me and set everything free. My children are calling me. Lost kids have been calling me up just saying that they, 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 they want to get their, they got right with God. Seeing miracles happen, seeing this victory happen here and this happen over here and this happen over because God's just moving. Amen. Amen. And it comes because we stand on the rock. Amen. So whatever you need from The Rock this morning, The Rock's here for you. Sweetie, will you come play? If you're out there today listening and watching the broadcast, I just want you to know, man, Jesus loves you. And let, let him be the rock of your life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I just, I just encourage you right now, stop what you're doing. Call out onto him and say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. And he will. He will. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're not uh, sure about that. Or if you just need prayer here in just a minute, when we have the prayer team come up and the pastoral team, I'm going to serve them. Then they're going to serve you communion. They're going to be around here at the front to pray. And let's just believe God this morning for the rock to be following you and moving in your life. Amen. So can I have my pastoral team come down and prayer team this morning?
Bible says on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, now take and eat for this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Lord, this morning we take this bread and we know it represents your broken body but we thank you this morning, Lord, that it's the rock of our life. That Jesus, you were broken for us so that we could be totally and completely whole. And Lord, we believe you today to move and to heal in our lives. And Lord, we thank you that for the cup, because you said they took the cup and said, this is cup is a new covenant that's poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Folks, the forgiveness of sins. No person should walk out of here today with guilt, condemnation. There is forgiveness in the blood of Jesus. His grace poured out for each and every one of us today. So as you take this cup and drink this cup, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your forgiveness in our lives. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.